Welcome back to the Friendship Bread Podcast. I'm Alma, and I'm here with Crystal. We love to have real, honest, and raw conversations about life and everything that goes with it. And just like in any good friendship, nothing is off limits. Last week, we were talking about having grace for yourself Mm -hmm. and dispelling some lies that we commonly believe. Yes. Um, And this week, we kind of thought we'd go a little bit of a different direction after we talked about how much we can grow and change and expand our beliefs and expand our minds and retrain our brains to think new things. Mm-hmm. We're thinking about how that can affect our friendships. We, we actually touched on this during our last episode. It can mm-hmm. cause us to grow farther apart from some people, but then also I feel like it can strengthen our relationships with the friends who are on the same page as us. Mm -hmm. So I think this week we kind of wanted to talk about friendship as adults and how different it is to make friends as adults and all the challenges and things that go with that. Yeah, just really what friendship looks like. I think that often we kind of get stuck in this thing or this idea. We get stuck in this idea that something always has to look a certain way. Like, that our friendships always have to look a certain way. But the truth is, they don't. Yeah. They can change and grow. Like, our friendship is actually a good example. Yeah. Um, Believe it or not, Alma and I have not always been best friends since we first met. Yeah, that's true. When we first met uh, at church, actually, we were just acquaintances. Hi, Alma, how you doing? And we both, or I should say, I guess I can't speak for you, but, um, like, I thought Crystal was cool, and we talked, and we always had good talks, but it never, like, I don't know, we just, we didn't yeah. say that. Yeah, we had conversations in passing. Yeah. But never really, like, super deep. I thought Alma was really cool and adorable, but I also thought she would never want to be friends with someone like me because I thought I wasn't cool enough. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. I know. Now I'm like, I thought Alma would care about that. <laughs> like, I don't know. I think I thought that because we have different styles, <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking, to be honest. That was like, what, seven years ago, me? So. Yeah, that's right. We met right before both of us got married. Because, fun fact, we both got married in August of 2014. And we weren't at each other's weddings. Yeah, that's the worst part. (laughs) Missed opportunity. Hey, um, can you guys get married again so I can come to your wedding? (laughs) Same. You have to get married again. (laughs) Okay, so, like, when we do vow renewals and stuff? Yeah. Okay, perfect. Yeah. I'll It'll be, be the same August of the same year if we both do 10 years. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Oh my gosh, I just thought of that. Okay, well, I'm going to save the date. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, so we um, were just acquaintances for a while, mm-hmm. and we, like, I came to your baby showers, and... Yeah. Things like that. I'm trying to remember when we really started to become friends. Yeah. Because we used to have conversations in church, and we liked each other, but it really wasn't a deep friendship. Yeah. It was more of like, we didn't really hang out outside of passing each other. Yeah. And and talking. I think we were at a few game nights. 
yes, you're right. We had, like, mutual friends, mm-hmm. and we would get together and play board games. Yeah, yeah. And then... You coordinated my brother's wedding. Yes. And after the rehearsal dinner, you and I started talking. And talking? And we talked till, like... It was pretty late at night. Yeah. I think my husband was texting me and being like, Hey, is the rehearsal going long? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Not till (laughs) 1am. Yeah. I was like, no, I'm just talking with Alma. Catching up. Yeah, because we... Tanner and I had been living in Kansas Mm -hmm. for a short season. And so when we came back up and ended up moving back up to Ohio um, right after my brother's wedding. Yeah. And yeah, you hadn't had your third baby yet. So then we started talking more. We still Mm -hmm. weren't like as close as we are now. Yeah. But we started talking more. I think we had had, we had had such a good conversation at your brother's wedding rehearsal that we were like, oh, we need to make sure we stay in touch because I really enjoy talking to you. And we just had had a really great time. Yeah. And we felt like we really connected mm-hmm. and um, because, well, as you heard in our very first episode, we have similar backgrounds mm-hmm. um, and we kind of got to hear more of that during our conversation. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think within the last three years, we've just grown a lot closer mm-hmm. and now here we are. But like I mentioned about our similar backgrounds, Crystal is an oldest of six. Mm-hmm. I have five younger siblings. I'm an oldest of six. We both have Amish background. Mm -hmm. The difference there is that you're in a family of two girls and four boys, and I'm in a family of four girls and two boys. That's true. Yeah. So we have actually joked about how alike we are Mm -hmm. or how how many similarities we have. So we both have Amish background, everything I just mentioned, um... We both got married the same year. We've been married the same amount of time. Within, like, weeks of each other. Yeah. Yeah, your anniversary is two weeks after mine. Mm-hmm. Silly things, like we have the same favorite color, green, and we both love fall. Our favorite holiday, Christmas. Yeah. Which is coming up. Yeah, I really think we just started to kind of, like, connect over little things, and then we realized that we connected on a lot of big things, too, and then... Yeah, oh man, it was just so fun thinking about this. This is fun thinking about this, how our friendship grew and changed. And it didn't start out as this deep conversation friendship. It started out as just the little things. And now look where we are. Yeah, I agree. It is fun to look back on that. So yeah, I guess that's a little history on us. And I think that we've both kind of looked back at our childhood friendships and thought about how they affected our current views of friendship. Yes. Yeah. We were thinking about that. So Alma, how do you think that your childhood friendships affected your view on friendships today? I think it's kind of crazy how much of an impact when we're younger, Mm -hmm. our experience of making friends has on our adult life. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, for the most part, I, I didn't have bad friendships As a child, um, because of leaving the Amish and everything, Mm -hmm. um, leaving communities behind, I had several friendships that ended up dissolving because we just didn't see each other anymore. Mm -hmm. And that was 
But that was difficult to go through at an age like that. Yeah. Um, being young. Um, and then I had one friend that moved away. Um, and so after a little while, you know, you don't really, you write letters for a little while, but then. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I had one friendship in particular that really impacted probably in a negative way, I guess, Mm -hmm. um, because there was drama and at that age, it kind of impacted me to believe that there is competition in friendship and that I kind of realized not too long ago that I had this belief that no matter if you're friends with someone or not and how long you've been friends with them, Mm -hmm. that they probably think things about you behind your back that they'll never tell you. And they, they secretly dislike probably more than a few things about you. But they'll never tell you because they wouldn't be straight to your face. Wow. Yeah. And and I realized recently because of just like one or two friendships I had. And then, you know, going through high school, oh, there was drama in high school with several of my friendships. And mm-hmm. I still have, you know, a good friend from high school that I'm still close to today. But, you know, high school is high school. I have a friend still from when I was high school aged. But I don't know if it really counts because he married my sister, so he's kind of (laughs) stuck. That's funny. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, so I think I had kind of a difficult time. Yeah. And like, I guess more of a difficult time with getting really close. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I I didn't have an easy time trusting people, I guess. And so I think that's how it impacted me. Well, I can honestly say there's not a single thing I can think of that I dislike about you. (laughs) And I think if anyone dislikes anything about you, they just got issues, man. (laughs) Like, you're too sweet. Send them to me. I will straighten them out. (laughs) So what was really interesting when we were talking about this um, before is that you kind of had a totally different experience than me. Yeah, when you brought up the topic of childhood friendships... And I was like, oh, yeah. And then you said something about negatively impacting you. And it kind of made me pause because I actually think that I had more of a positive Mm -hmm. from my childhood. I mean, when we were younger, I remember a lot of times feeling like I didn't have any friends and I always wanted friends really badly. So when I did find a good friend, I was like, Oh, you're stuck. You're not going anywhere. I think I kind of still do that. (laughs) You're stuck, Alma. So just heads up. I have super glued you. Oh. (laughs) You will not be leaving. (laughs) I did not look at my seat before I sat down. Okay. Yeah. Hell, hell. A little heads up there. Uh, (laughs) Anyway. So, yeah, I feel like, yeah, there were, like, friends that came and went, but nothing that really was like, oh, I never had any friend that I would have said, oh, they are my best friend, until I was probably like 10-ish, I think, I don't know for sure, Mm -hmm. Um, but somewhere around there, we, I mean, my sister and I became friends with another pair of sisters, and we hung out with them a lot, meaning they babysat us, like their mom (laughs) babysat us, but we thought we were hanging out, you know? And it was my first experience of an actual friendship Mm -hmm. of 
we would tell each other things and have secrets and we would do the whole thing of like running away to our secret places to talk, you know? Aw, yeah. And um, just actually being like, I felt, I remember thinking, I can be myself with, with her and she will still like me. She does, She doesn't care if I'm weird or crazy. She still likes me. And so time went on and when I was 13 or 14, somewhere in there for circumstances out of our control, we no longer saw each other. And after that, every friendship, it just always kind of was like, it didn't measure up because I wanted a friendship where I could be real and be myself and not feel like I was being judged because especially as a teenager you do you feel judged so much so like you just feel judged all the time for everything you do yeah so I think I was just always looking for that that feeling of not being judged and I found it like you know here and there but never in like a really deep deep friendship you know um yeah yeah, so I think I kind of carried that into my adult years as well it kind of feels weird saying I'm an adult. Like, how are we as old as we are? And it still feels weird to say we're adults. I I don't know. I think it's like that for everyone. We're gonna have, we're gonna we're gonna put this in our stories, guys. Come tell us in our stories on Instagram. Yes. Do you feel like an adult or not? Yeah. That's gonna be the and question. How old are you? <laughs> yeah. And how old are you? Is there a point when you start feeling like an adult? I mean, sometimes I like when I pay taxes. That makes me feel a little bit more like an adult. Yeah. But I think I think I've been feeling closer. Yeah. Like more and more. Yeah. Maybe it's thirty. I'm getting close to that. <laughs> Maybe it so. might be thirty. You've got a few months, Crystal. I have a few months until the I'm an adult. Is on. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Let the baking begin. <laughs> Yeah, I I kind of agree with you. Like, it's it's weird how much we carry things from mm-hmm. that stage of our lives into adulthood. Um, because there's a lot of challenges that come with making friends as an adult. You oh, encounter yeah. so many hurdles. Mm-hmm. Um, at the basic, we're busier. And so there's the time factor, having less time. <laughs> what, what are you busy with, Alma? <laughs> It's not like you have a job, or it's not like I have four kids. I don't know what we do with our time. Yeah, I know. Where does it go? We just waste it constantly. No. We're just teasing everything. Honestly, I think even if we, even if you don't have a job or kids, life is still just busier as an adult. It is. There's just so many more things. Cause it's because you're actually responsible for things. Yeah, you are. You have to be. You have responsibilities and your parents aren't in charge of keeping you alive anymore. You are. Yeah. You don't go, Mom, what's for dinner? You have to ask yourself what's for dinner. That's not fun. <laughs> That's my least favorite part of being an adult. I agree. Sometimes I really still just want to be like, Mom, what's for dinner? I know. Coming over. Yeah, for Which sure. I actually do sometimes and she's very nice and she lets me eat dinner at her house and so. And also, like, my mom's also a really good cook, so there's that, too. Yeah, you've got that going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so, yeah, um, I mean, time. We mentioned time, um, stages of life. Yes. So, because I got married so young, most people my age weren't married. 
Mm-hmm. And so I had several friends that were older than me that were married, but then I also had friends, you know, that weren't married. And there's always this interesting dynamic, like you're in different seasons of life, you know. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even now, you and I are, we've been married the same amount of time and our ages are somewhat close. Mm-hmm. And, but we're kind of in a little bit different stages of life. Yeah, a little I bit. I haven't had children yet, you know, it's, it's interesting, but. There's enough other similarities that that doesn't really seem to be a factor for us. Yeah. Um, but for other people, it absolutely is. Um, like, the, it's absolutely a consideration for yeah. a lot of people. I think also kind of that we relate your dogs to my kids. They both make messes. They can both be loud. That's they funny. can both get into things they're not supposed to. <laughs> That's true. So we've covered time and stages of life. There's also mm-hmm. background. I mean, I have friends from a lot of different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. But there's something about being friends with someone or knowing someone who is from the same background as you and they understand the little like idiosyncrasies, the little things that you say that they can relate to because yeah. of the culture they come from. Yeah, I think I think that's definitely something because I think a lot of people maybe don't realize, but the Amish really are, they're not just, not just a religion, it's, it's a culture. Mm-hmm. And there's so many things within the Amish that are like the cultural norms and typical ways of doing things and just things that kind of go along with that. And oftentimes with other people, you have to explain those things to them. Yeah. And if somebody just knows those things, it's, it's a little easier maybe. Yeah, you don't have to explain. Someone actually recently asked me um, how my Amish background, even for only being Amish till I was seven, how it impacted the way I feel making friends with people. Mm-hmm. And I had never actually like considered that. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I do carry this little bit of like, I feel maybe certain things I say won't be relatable mm-hmm. um, because even though it's so little of your life, it happened. Mm-hmm. And because my parents had been Amish for so much longer, you don't just abandon all your habits. You don't just abandon all your traditions. You know, uh, we continued having you know meals that we had. And, yeah. You know, that's that's kind of a big thing. Like an Amish-style foods and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, and Amish people can and preserve food a lot. So we still did, you know, different things like that. And yeah. And you totally, like, understand that. Yeah, because um, we, we did the same thing. We canned a lot of foods, which I know growing up in this area, there were a lot of people who, you know, maybe even did a lot of those same things, but didn't, you know, have any background themselves. Yeah. Yeah. It's just just like finding all of those little things that you connect with. And we're not saying you can't be friends with someone if they don't have the same cultural background at all. But what we're saying is sometimes those little itsy bitsy things all add up to make one big huge connection yeah little things like that add up and become big things yeah i think that's something we sometimes kind of get hung up on as adults who are trying to make friends is that you have to find somebody that there's a deep connection with right away Mm -hmm. and the reality is it's actually still as simple as when you were kids yeah you find one thing that you connect on and you build on that. It can be a little thing. Like when you were a kid, it was like, oh, you like going down the slide? So do I. We can be, 
you know, buddies now and you have one small common thing. And then as you get older, it becomes different things like, oh, you like the same style of music or, oh, you have this same hobby. It can just be small things like that. And you build on that. So you start talking about those things and then you build into a deeper conversation. Yeah, when you form a little connection with someone, then when you are talking, the more you're talking, Mm -hmm. you have more and more conversations. You find out more about the other person. Um, I mean, a lot like dating, so. Yeah, you might stay up until 2 a.m. We've never done that. Never. Don't know what that's like. In case you guys haven't noticed, Alma and I can be... Just a smidge sarcastic sometimes. We're not very sarcastic. Like, we're not really good at being sarcastic. (laughs) True. (laughs) Okay. Big joke there. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We actually love... Okay, like, real talk, we love to be sarcastic. Yep. It kind of flows like it's a third language. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Um, Something else to remember is that we need to be okay... With the fact is that you're not for everybody. Not everybody is for you. And that's okay. Like, don't take it personally. I know for me, it has been... That was something that was hard for me as an adult. Trying to make friends, especially when I was a new mom. Trying to make, you know, friends with other friends who are moms. Because you talked about getting married before a lot of your friends. I had kids before a lot of my friends. Mm Mm-hmm. So I was kind of trying to make some friends who were moms, who understood what I was going through. Yeah. And so for me, it was hard to, you know, accept the fact that I wasn't for everybody and I didn't fit into some of the cliques. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is a whole, whole other thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like, yeah, just know that it's okay if you're not for everyone. Okay, so let's talk about something, Alma. So speaking of having grace for yourself, how do you handle it when things don't go as planned? Like, being completely honest, I am still not the best at being flexible and pivoting when things don't go as planned. I'm working on it, and I'm a lot better at it than I used to be, Mm -hmm. and having grace for myself in that, and also having grace for myself when I don't respond well. So when something doesn't go to plan and I respond badly, then I'm down on myself for responding badly. And that Mm -hmm. just doesn't help the situation. Yeah. I think having grace for ourselves is a constant reminding ourselves. Mm -hmm. I know. I'm having a hard time right now because, well, let's just be, this podcast is about being real and honest, right? Mm -hmm. Let's be real and honest. This is not what we plan to talk about tonight. I say tonight because it's very, very late. Mm-hmm. We are retired. Yep. We don't feel the greatest. Nope. <laughs> and we might. This might be a weird episode, you guys. Yeah. It just might not. Yeah. But you know what? We are weird, and we like <laughs> being weird. Everybody's a little weird. So, like, let's just be honest about it, right? True. Let's have grace for ourselves in the fact that we're being weird right now, <laughs> and that's okay. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. Is that okay, Alma? Yes. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> and I guess we have to practice what we preach. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> we 
yeah, I'm still over here coming to grips with the fact that our plans have changed <laughs> and we're not talking about what we're going to talk about. And I'm a little bit having this like internal thing going on of like, Crystal, like, why couldn't you get it together? Like, all you had to do was be like, brain, you're going down this path. And stop your brain from seeing all those little bunny paths and be like, no, you're doing this. Why couldn't you just do that, Crystal? It was a simple task. Yeah. You knew what you were doing. You knew what your topic of conversation was. And yeah, couldn't go down the right path, you know? So that's just kind of like... That's your inner monologue right now? Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of hard to reconcile the fact that things didn't go to plan. Yep. And it's okay. Yeah. Trying to think here now. I'm like, okay, what have I actually been thinking? You know, like, what have I been telling myself? Because I have to actually think about it at this point. Because once you start teaching yourself to have grace for yourself, it becomes a subconscious thing. Mm -hmm. Where you start answering your subconscious thoughts subconsciously. Yeah. Talk about an inception there. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I think I've just been trying to tell myself, like, no, it's okay. Things don't have to always go according to plan. Things don't always have to be, quote, perfect. Mm -hmm. This is still okay. This is still usable. All is not lost. Just basically the opposite of whatever negative thoughts. Like, I think that's often a good way to combat those things when you're not feeling the having grace for yourself. Yeah. To just counteract whatever negative you're thinking with a positive. Mm -hmm. I think... What you just said kind of brings up for me one thing that was huge for me that Mm -hmm. kind of changed my mindset a lot is that you don't have to act on how you feel because your emotions don't have to um, control what you do. Oh my gosh. You saying that, that we don't have to act on how we feel, it reminded me of something that I was was listening to uh, another podcast. It's a podcast that inspires me a lot. And they were talking about how sometimes we feel certain things or we think a certain way and how there is this part of our brain that actually doesn't recognize time. Mm -hmm. And when you speak to that part of your brain, you don't have to take time into consideration. Okay. My takeaway from it was that even if we don't feel a certain way, we can speak to that part of our brain and be like, you know, even if it's, she was talking about like way in the past, but I'm thinking, how can we use that even in the present? Like if, you know, like when you're not feeling like having grace for yourself, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, you're like, I know I should be having grace for myself in this moment, but I really don't want to. Mm -hmm. It's just too hard. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to do it anyway. It's just that simple. It comes down to that. Yes. Like, okay, when you make that choice to just keep doing it over and over, even when you don't want to, even when it's hard and it sucks and Mm -hmm. feels impossible, because sometimes it does, but know that, like, making the hard choices and taking the hard steps now is going to manifest change for you down the road. Yeah, it's it's literally bringing the change into existence. Yes. Because you can't change without taking those steps. Right. And sometimes changing our thoughts is the biggest thing you can do to changing anything in your life. Mm-hmm. Because our thoughts are this constant this constant feed in our brain 
think about it like a stereo or a radio or whatever that's always on. Mm-hmm. It's always in the background. If you think about, if you're a person who likes to listen to music, music can really affect your mood. So if you're listening to sad music, you might be sad. If you're listening to happy music, you might be happy. Mm-hmm. I know it works like that for me. And if the stereo in your head is always playing negative things, what are you going to believe about yourself? You know, something you said reminded me of the story of the man who wanted to change the world. Mm-hmm. And he started doing all these things to change the world. And it wasn't working. So he decided, okay, maybe I'll change my state. But then he couldn't change his state either. And he was like, okay, maybe I can change my community. Still, you know, not much happening. Maybe I can change my family. Mm-hmm. And then he got really wise and he said, okay, I'll change me. Yeah. When we change ourselves, what's the word? It ripples out. Yes. And causes effect. If, if you change yourself, you change your family. Yeah. Your family affects your community, you know? Yeah, and your community affects your town and your state, and it's a ripple effect. Yeah. What are some things we can do to help manifest a change like that? Not believing that our emotions are in charge of everything, kind of like I mentioned earlier. Yes, I think that's something that we've been taught, a perception, is that our emotions run us, and we are not in charge of our emotions, and that what we feel is what we feel, and we don't have any effect on how we feel. I think we do. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, I saw a quote on Instagram. Last episode, we mentioned Dr. Caroline Leaf yeah, and how she is a good resource for these topics. And something that she said is, or that I saw on her page anyway, is... Emotions are data telling us what's important in our lives, not directives telling us what to do. Mm, that's so good. And we also need to know that, like, our, yeah, like our emotions don't run us, and we don't have to let that drive our thoughts, and that you can change your thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. You're, it's important to, like, let yourself feel your emotions, but then look at your emo- emotions and study. If, if I'm not wanting to feel that way, why do I feel that way? Mm-hmm. Why is this my response to this situation? Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't want it to be your response to that situation, feel your emotion, let it pass, because it will, mm-hmm. and then focus on how you want to go forward from that. Yeah. I think that this actually reminds me of, well, let's let's talk about anxiety. Okay. And this, because I think that anxiety is often something that we feel like it runs us mm-hmm. and we feel like we're out of control when anxiety hits because it's such a panicked thing that it's very easy to feel out of control. Yeah. Something that I'm like full disclosure, I'm not good at this, but working on it um is someone that we follow, Carlos Whitaker, and he said, "When I feel the anxiety coming, I invite it in and then I invite it out." He says, I just say, oh, hi, anxiety. I see you're coming by for a visit. That's okay. Come on in. And then I say, okay, now it's time for you to leave. Yeah. And I speak to my anxiety. I think sometimes speaking to the things that are going on in our brains is a good thing to do. Speaking to those thoughts that we have going on. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right about anxiety feeling so overwhelming. And that is such a 
was such a good response right there. Yeah, I really like his approach to it. Um, some other, I mean, I want to say, I want to be fully honest that these are tips that he gave because um, I did not come up with this. But he said, like, a good way to, that he, something that he used to overcome anxiety was to practice these things of, like, reminding you that you are in control of your body. And I think I can see this helping with our thoughts, too, actually, now that I'm thinking about this. And he said he'll do something like he'll sit there and just take a minute and he'll look at his hand and he'll be, he'll say, right hand, close. And he puts his hand into a fist. Mm -hmm. And then he'll say, right hand, open. And he opens it. And he does that with other body parts, like, you know, eyes close, eyes open, you know, things like that. Move your foot. And just, like, practicing, like, being in control of his body and reminding himself, I am in control of my body. Mm -hmm. And And, and his body's response to the things that he's going through. Yes. So that when that anxiety comes or those negative thoughts come, you know, I am in control. It is not in charge. The anxiety is not in charge. The negative thoughts are not in charge. The fact that things didn't go as planned, you know, that's not in charge. The fear of messing things up, it's not in charge. I am in charge of my body and in control. And sometimes I think in the culture that we grew up in, that can be hard to say I am taking control of my body because there's kind of this thing that you're taught of like, being in control is a bad thing. Yeah, I think you're right. Even when it's your own body, even when it's your own thoughts. And, you know, you're kind of just taught to go with the flow because you don't want to make waves. You don't want to upset the egg basket. You know, we've talked about that a little bit before. But I think it kind of relates to this topic as well Mm -hmm. to where, um, yeah, we think that we're not in control of our thoughts and our bodies. But we really are. Yeah. So what do you do on the days when your negative thoughts get you so down that you're just really down on yourself? What can you do to combat the negative thoughts? Well, there's several ways you can, I guess I go about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, not saying this happens every time because sometimes I've let myself wallow. I think we've all done that. Yeah, but I try to remind myself, like like we were just talking about feelings are not in control of us. They're also temporary. Yeah. And so in just a few moments or a few hours or tomorrow, you will not feel this way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if I want to get out of a funk, sometimes I'll turn on some music, mm-hmm. some upbeat music, or I'll start moving, honestly. Like walking. Yes. It, it, like the movement makes your body... I don't know how that works. I, I think don't know It science. increases your circulation. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'll drink a bunch of water. Mm-hmm. I, maybe this all sounds silly, but then no, um, I don't think it does. Sometimes I also just need to get my mind off of whatever's going on, and I've called you in the past, yeah, and been like, just like not even to talk about any specific thing, just to kind of just chat, yeah, and um, getting your mind off your current situation and mm-hmm. seeing someone else's perspective is always good. It kind of sounds like what you're saying is that you do kind of like a systems refresh. Yeah. You kind of get your body moving and you get your circulation going. You're putting water in to make sure you're hydrated. You're listening to music that's upbeat. So you've kind of got this like 
you know, like auditory, um, refreshing stimulation, upbeat thing going on. Yeah, that's actually a really good way of putting it. I think that sometimes when we let ourselves get into a funk, we don't realize that it's because we haven't really been taking care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, Because we are letting what's going on around us impact how we're feeling. And we kind of stop focusing on the basic things we need to do to feel good. Mm -hmm. Um, And we, yeah, in a way, we're kind of letting our emotions control it in that way. So it's it's kind of, kind of have to do like the human version of like, Turn it off and turn it back on. Yeah. <laughs> like, Have you tried turning it off and turning it back on? Exactly. Yeah. Okay, let's start with that. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, that is actually a very good... I've done that before. Now that I'm actually just being reminded of it, is just like to like take a second. And for me, it works better if I close my eyes so I don't see anything. And I just kind of visualize emptiness. It sounds kind of terrible, but hang on. Um... Visualize some emptiness, kind of, and just, like, try to clear my brain. Mm-hmm. And then start over. Yeah. That that makes a lot of sense. And this, what we're talking about is reminding me, I was listening to a podcast episode by, mm-hmm. it might have been the same episode that you're, that you're talking about um, with Carlos Whitaker, when yeah. he had um, a guest. I think you're talking about um, Ruthie Lindsay. Yes, Ruthie Lindsay. She talked about on this podcast that she went through seven years of her life of living in her bed because of a medical situation that happened to Mm -hmm. her and she was in constant pain. Mm -hmm. So she didn't get out of bed. And the way she shared it, she was completely honest about how during that time she was not in a good mental space. Mm -hmm. And during that time, she didn't see the purpose in it. Yeah. And for me... That really hit home because I think oftentimes I like kind of look down on myself for the way that when I'm going through things in the moment, I don't have good perspective Mm -hmm. and I look back at it and I think like, well, I should have like known that it was all going to work out. And I think that we often hear inspiring stories from people that are really inspiring and they're wonderful. um, And they're like, well, I went through this horrible thing, but the whole time. I had really good perspective. Like, okay, maybe they don't say it that way, but they... Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, it sounds like the whole time they were like, oh, it's all going to be great. Yeah, and it's it's going to work out and things mm-hmm. are going to end up being okay. Yeah. And I personally have... I'm really bad at that. Mm-hmm. I'm really bad at seeing... I'm, I'm getting better at it slowly, mm-hmm. but I have been very bad at... In the moment when something bad is happening, having good, a good perspective mm. and being like, no, everything's going to work out. I, and I have tended to wallow in the past. Mm-hmm. And, you know, more recently, I don't wallow as long. Mm. But I think when she shared that, it helped me to not place as much or to not have as much guilt mm. about how I have reacted to things in the past and how I haven't responded perfectly. Yeah. That's, a, I mean, that's another aspect of having grace for yourself. Yeah, um, it is. Yeah. Because as we've said a bajillion times, we grow and we change and we look back at those times and we say, wow, it's incredible how far I've come. Yeah. And I feel like there's a couple of things that we just keep repeating, but I think it's because it's so important and it's such a common thing. Like it just like relates to all of it. Like have grace for yourself. Sometimes it feels impossible, but like change really is possible. Yeah. And 
it also made me think of, um, I think in our, it was in our last episode, you said something about reminding yourself that your life isn't going to look the same a year from now. Yes. And I think that that's something that we can also do in those moments is remind yourself an hour from now, things might look completely different. 15 minutes from now, things might look completely different. Like whatever time period is applicable to what you're going through, Mm -hmm. three hours, whatever you have to tell yourself a day, it doesn't matter. Whatever works for your situation, remind yourself it's going to look different. Yeah. And that there is another side to this. Mm-hmm. I think that that is such a big thing. And I know for me, it is really hard sometimes when something is happening. Like, let's say, for example, my kids aren't listening mm-hmm. and everything is feeling like chaos. In the moment, it is so hard to stop and remind ourselves that tomorrow is another day. Yeah. And it's going to look different in the morning. It's going to look different tomorrow. It's going to look different after they've been fed or whatever, Mm -hmm. like all of those things. It's just, I think it's so important to keep reminding ourselves to do those things. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, we haven't ended up talking at all about what we were originally planning on talking about. Um, Who knows? Maybe next week we will actually be continuing our original conversation. I think that this happens a lot with life too, just like the ebb and flow of things, and sometimes things happen, sometimes they don't, but it's okay, and we roll with the punches. Yeah, it's kind of interesting how it worked out, because because of uh, like events that are happening over the next week, this is literally the only chance we have to record a podcast to release yeah. on the 21st, so it's kind of like, if we want to release a podcast, well, this is what we're gonna, this is what we're working with. This is the day. Yeah. The chance. Yeah. The moment, uh, the hour. <laughs> yes. So, sorry if if this is a little all over the place and you guys are confused, but hopefully um, our little ramblings with each other have at least been entertaining. <laughs> yeah, I think that our hope is always to, number one, encourage you, mm-hmm. hopefully inspire you, number two. And number three, if we can't do any of those if we can at least make you laugh, I mean, yeah, I think that's that's pretty good. I Speaking so too. of laughing, though, um, did I tell you about something new I learned today? No. Yeah, I learned this really cool trick. Are you ready? I guess so. Okay, so I learned if you turn a canoe over, you can actually wear it as a hat. What? Yeah, because then it's capsized. <laughs> I can't wait to tell my kids that joke tomorrow. I couldn't tell it to them today because they would have told you as soon as you got here. That's true. Because they're going to love it. (laughs) Capsized canoe. I'm picturing you with a canoe on your head. (laughs) I had a feeling that might be happening just by the way you looked at me. You were like... (laughs) You kind of had this look on on your face. And I just had a feeling. That's so funny. Oh my gosh. Anyway. If you've hung on this long for this episode, thank you so much. Yeah. Um, We really appreciate each and every single one of you who listen to our podcast. You mean the world to us. Seriously, I cannot tell you enough um, how much we appreciate. We have, I think, probably 
at least twice the amount of listeners we thought we would have at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we're only... This is our fourth episode now. Yeah. So, we we didn't really know quite what to expect. So, if you don't already follow us on Instagram and Facebook, you can find us at The Friendship Bread. If you follow us on Instagram, you may have noticed that we're doing a fun giveaway. And that ends on Saturday. So head on over to Instagram and check out our giveaway we have there. Yes. And if you liked this episode, share it with your friends. That would help us out so much. And then you can also leave us a review on Apple Podcast. Thank you for joining us for this conversation. And we really hope you'll be back next week for another episode of the Friendship Bread Podcast. Bye.